That was another great song off the album, The Other Side. Beautiful from New York City's singer, songwriter, and great artist. We've been featuring music from uh, the new album, The Other Side, from Dane and Healy. And right now she's taking a break from her busy schedule this spring. And welcome to WVOF in the Up Room. How you doing? Oh, I thank you. I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, our listeners... They can go to your website, Dane and Healy, D-A-N-A-N-Healy.com, H-E-A-L-Y.com. And it looks like you've got a pretty busy schedule coming up. Uh, you're playing a lot of spots. What's going on uh, this upcoming week? Uh, well, this upcoming week, I actually um, am going to be rehearsing with the band on Monday, and then on Wednesday we play at Wicked Willie's at 8 p.m. in New York City in the Village, and we're really excited about the show. It's going to be our first one in a while since we've been actually in the studio recording our next album which is going to be a holiday album oh, okay so you you're going to get it out by the uh, end of the year obviously right well we're crossing our fingers okay, yeah never happens as the way you project it in the music biz right i know right. um you know the other side it's a great album i mean some great songs that uh that you have on there and, and how about talk about some of the diversity of, of the sounds i know a lot of people i mean our show plays everything from all genres and it seems like your album and your tastes are along those lines well um the the music is pretty diverse i think mostly because i grew up listening to a lot of different kinds of stuff a lot of different female artists um like joan osborne and cheryl crow and liz fair and then when i was i guess 24 or 25 i joined a ska band in baltimore when i was living there and uh so that, of course, informed some of my tastes, and I started listening to a lot more ska and punk. And uh, but recently, the the more recent stuff that I've written that I recorded last for the other side was um, more singer songwritery. Again, I think I'm getting more back to my my uh, my true taste. I'm not so sure it, it is ska or was ska. I just think I went that way for a short period of time. Um, when when you're performing uh, the solo gigs. Um are some of the songs off the album you you, uh, you don't perform on stage just because it has a big band feel? Yeah, some of them I don't perform. Um, yeah, I don't do things like Don't Waste My Time or um, Gold Star, mostly because uh, it just needs the, the electric guitar feel. Mm -hmm. uh, your background is people can can see if they uh, go to your website, daneandhealy.com. I mean, you, you've, you've accomplished a lot in a short period of time, but, uh, you know, you, you studied music in college, right? Yes, I did. I actually have um, a master's degree from the Eastman School of Music in opera and classical music. And uh, transferring all those skills to, to the songs that you're writing, um, how, do you, how do you integrate some of that training? Well, um... I think that the that the music theory definitely has helped me a lot in my songwriting. The fact that I studied piano for many years as a child as well, um, and then I I studied voice for more than half my life at this point. So um, I'm able to use, you know, obviously the song the sound is not opera or classical, but um, I'm still able to use a lot of the like basic skills that I learned from my voice teachers growing up and in my master's degree. So it's it's uh. It has been very, very cool to try to to see how the classical training has really informed my work and, and been really like an integral part of the songwriting process and the singing as well. 
Um, we, we talked to musicians time to time from Berkeley and other music schools, and, and you studied for your master's degree in music. Uh, while you were studying there, what were some of the thoughts as far as you, where you want to proceed? Was it to go into your own career, or what was your thinking back then? Well, gosh, back then I, I think that what I really wanted to do was classical music. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was challenging. It was really fun. The music was amazing. But um, as, literally as soon as I discovered that I could sing rock and roll music, I was like, this is it. My, my whole life changed. So it was kind of a, a weird transition. I don't think my parents were very happy about it. Right. <laughs> but, but they own it, and I'm sure they play uh, copies of the record to their friends, right? Well, they do. They try to avoid the songs that have wearing in them, though. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get into uh, another track from the other side, and, and we definitely uh, encourage our, our listeners to go to the website, cdbaby.com. Uh, Dana Healy's music is available there, as well as her previous uh, music. And we're going to get into No Good, and tell, tell us about this song. Oh, um, No Good, this is actually one of my favorite tracks off of the album. Um, I wrote this um, probably about eight months after I left my husband, and... Um, was realizing that it was a good decision. <laughs> right. So um, that's pretty much where the song came from, and I, I I really love this song for its sentiment and just for the for the beat. I think it's I think it turned out great. Okay, we'll listen to this right now from the other side. This is no good from Dane and Healy. She's with us here at WVOF, and we'll be back and talk more with Dane and Healy. And Dane and Healy's with us, and we are talking with her. She's got a, a bunch of uh, shows coming up this spring and summer in support of the record The Other Side. And you can go to her website, daneandhealy.com, D-A-N-A-N-H-E-A-L-Y.com. And they can listen to music, on whether on that's uh, her own site or CD Baby and uh, MySpace page as well, right? Yes. Yeah. How do you how do you feel as an indie artist with uh, you know putting out records and you know from the first time you put out a release till till now what's what what are you uh, thinking of how to do things? Well, my approach um, I guess has changed over the years. I, it's interesting how your perspective will change when you release an album. I thought for a long time that you know if only I could have everything down on CD and then I would feel like I had made it. So um, now I have two and a half CDs under my belt, and I am <laughs> still working on another one. Right, still right. not satisfied. Um, but it's been a, a huge learning process for me because I didn't even know, when I first started doing the first EP, I didn't even know what mastering was or how difficult and tedious mixing was. And you know, so it's just been it's been a great learning process for me. And the whole marketing side of it is a completely different angle that you have to know so much about that I'm still learning I, I'm I, the learning curve is quite large and we have to uh, tell our listeners that they go out to see uh, Dana and bring some extra money and, and I'm sure you sell the CDs at the show so. mm-hmm, definitely yeah um you know the, the background we talked about your your background studying music but you also had a stint uh, in the army as well right yes I was in the, the US Army field band for about five years. Okay, so uh, you tra did you travel around the world with that? Uh, we didn't go around the world. We mostly stayed in the U.S. Uh, the whole mission was um, PR and recruiting for the Army, so 
I was just literally part of the whole propaganda machine. Right. <laughs> and um, that's actually one of the reasons that I'm that I'm not in anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Well, an an honest person, right? Yeah. <laughs> Try to be. Yeah, that's true. Right. I I, I take it you're not going to be doing any uh, concert tours for the overseas. Oh, no. No, I might be applying very soon to be part of the USO okay. first to go and, and entertain the troops. My brother is actually in Afghanistan right now, so. Okay, and they're they're doing a lot of rebuilding over there, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of ours was sending uh, mouthwash over there because they said they didn't have fluoride out there. It was a problem or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that's what she was doing. Right. Well, last time, last time I talked to Ryan, my brother who's there, he said that they've been teaching the Afghani people all the American swear words that they can think of. Right. Yeah, when I was over in Taiwan, that's the the first part of the language I learned, too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, you know, uh, as far as far as your record, um, tell us about some some of the musicians you worked on. I know you got you got a bunch of people on. Yeah, um, well, I'm sorry, what was the question? T tell us about some of the musicians you work with uh, in your band and, and on the record. Oh, okay. They actually, almost all of them, except for a couple of the horn guys, are military musicians, either in the U.S. Army Field Band, either playing with the, volu the volunteers, which is the rock band at that unit, or the jazz ambassadors, the jazz group there. Um, and so I just was friends with these guys, and they wanted to do a rock project, and I had all these songs, so we just decided to put it together. And then um, two of the horn guys who play sax and trombone, Tim and Tyrus, are um, my mainstays in the Baltimore area, and they were with me in 23 Skidoo. Oh, okay. So any chance of reunion for 23 Skidoo? Actually, I just got an email the other day from Cord, who is the bass player and band leader for 23 Skidoo, and we may be getting back together in 2008 to do a couple of shows. His, I think his niece is getting married, and she really wants us at the wedding, so <laughs> I don't know what will happen, but it'll, it'll be fun if it happens. There's a club out there, the Ram's Head, right? Yeah, Ram's Head. Yeah, right. yeah a lot of musicians tell us, tell us about that. Your website, DanaHealy.com, and you can actually listen to uh, track. Uh, you, you've, you've got a sample up there they can listen to. Uh-huh. How, how about your, you know, you talked about your background uh, as far as schooling and music. Um, do you remember the first concert you ever went to? Oh, my gosh. Well, Care to admit to? <laughs> you know, the first, one, the, the first one that comes to mind was, I remember it was on my, my 12th birthday, and um, we went to go see Dionne Warwick. Oh, really? Okay. Where Where were you living at the time? In Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, my brother lives in Flower Mound. I think that's right outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how about this? Some of the memorable shows that you know that you you saw along the line and said, "Wow, I'd love to do this." Um. Gosh, I've seen Liz Fair play a couple of times, and I think that that she's. Although her live shows aren't um, exactly the most exciting thing to see, I love her music, and I think she's a great musician. Um, I also saw the Donnas play one time at the 930 Club in D.C., and um, although I liked them, their opening bands were so amazing that it was OK Go and this other band called Long Wave. And um, 
And that got me really, really excited. Pretty much any time I go to the 9.30 club or a venue like that, I just I, I just have to be on that stage soon, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's a pretty legend club. Uh, you know, t- tell us about the 9.30 club. Yeah, well, it's been around forever, and they just, they have... Um, they have really, really fantastic shows there all the time. I saw Keen there play a couple of times. It's, um, I saw the Derek Trucks band play there. It's it's not too, too big, um, and it's also not tiny at all. I don't even know how many people it will hold, but when I was living in the D.C. area, I heard on the radio that the Beastie Boys were doing a show there, and the Beastie Boys are my favorite band from, like, all time. Right, great band. Um, and, uh, so I, I, it was an invitation only show. And, uh, so every time I heard that come on the radio, I would like go nuts trying to call and get tickets. And of course I, I didn't win. I totally lost, <laughs> but I was sad. Yeah. I, I got a little Beastie Boys side note, uh, Rick Rubin actually, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but when I was going to NYU in 82, he was living in the same dormitory I was living in. Oh, wow. He went on to huge success, so, yeah. He sure did. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've got some great dates coming up. Um, You know, I believe the next one's May 9th, right? Yeah, May 9th, next Wednesday. Okay, so uh, off the top of your head, do you recall some of the other dates? Uh, Yeah, June 23rd, we're playing at the Bagot Inn. Um, I have one this Saturday before Memorial Day, actually in Las Vegas, Nevada, at a place called The Freakin' Frog. And June 5th, I play at um, this place called Bar 9 on the Midtown. It's like in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. 59th and 9th Ave, I think. It's a great place, and that show is free. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's coming up. And I'm sure more dates will be added and, uh, you know, support her on stage and also uh, on record, Dane and Healy, the other side, and we'll look forward to that. The holiday record, questionable by the end of the year, but hopefully. Uh, right. You know, you got to come by the studio one time, and we're one hour uh, north of New York City, so maybe maybe later on this summer you can come by and, and perform a set. I would love that. That would be so much fun. We'll, we'll get into a, a couple from the record, uh, the other side right now. I've got Gold Star queued up, and then uh, How About Despise You? We'll get into that, too. Awesome. So, thanks a lot, Dana. All right, well, thank you so much, Joe. I really love your show. I can't wait to hear it. All right. Dane and Healy, The Other Side. This is WVOF in the Upper.